Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another hot day here in uh, downstate Illinois in uh, Champaign-Urbana. As we uh, head for a high, what is it supposed to be today? Uh, 98, 95 tomorrow, and maybe a little cooler here as we go along throughout the week. Good to have you with us. Brian Barnhart here in the penny chair today. And we got a, a busy show for you here today. We've got uh, one of the candidates for governor, Richard Irvin, standing by. We'll get him on the line here momentarily. Also, a little later uh, in the show, after the hour at uh, 10, after the news at 10, uh, we'll talk to uh, Jesse Rising. He's running for the 13th congressional district in Illinois on the Republican side. And uh, then later, the uh, couple of cast members from uh, Champaign Urbana Theater Company's uh, Sister Act, performing at Parkland, coming up later on. And tomorrow, Dr. Larry Jekyll will join us, one of the noted psychiatrists in town. On Friday, we'll have my dad on, just ahead of uh, Father's Day. we got a busy show today. We've got Mayor Richard Irvin with us from up in Aurora. And of course, uh, you may have heard, he's running for governor. Richard, how are you? I'm all right, Brian. How you doing? Hey, good. good. Yeah, good to have you on here in Champaign-Urbana. And uh, well, you got two weeks to go. Yeah, two weeks. Well, a day short of two weeks. <laughs> day you know, short of two weeks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think? What's your sense of where the race is? What are you hearing? I know uh, campaigns have their own polls. Uh, different polls say different things. What's your sense of it? You know, we're continuing to travel throughout the state and, you know, uh, and spread our message that we need to take our state back. You know, we need to rise up, you know, especially as Republican Party, as residents of all residents of Illinois, take our state back from the atrocious job that J.B. Crisper is doing. Under J.B. Crisper, crime is out of control. You know, taxes and wasteful spending is out of control. Corruption is out of control. We need to take a new direction. You know, we need to take our state back. Enough is enough. We've got to stand up and, and, you know, and make a change. And I'm the only candidate with the background and experience, and I'll put my record up against anybody. So as as a, a combat veteran of the United States Army, uh, serving our country in the first Gulf War and Desert Shield and Desert Storm as a former prosecutor who personally put violent criminals behind bars. And as the mayor of the second largest city in the state with a proven track record of reducing crime by supporting our men and women that wear the badge, raising the police budget and crime went down, simple as that, by reducing property taxes every single year I've been mayor, by attracting new businesses, attracting new residents, uh, just bringing excitement, bringing energy back to the city of Aurora, bringing pride back to the second largest city in the state. In the state. 
that's exactly what we need in the governor, and that's exactly what we need for the state of Illinois. We've got to bring pride back to the state and give the state back to the residents and, and represent the interests of the people that actually put us in office. Well, you've had a great story, Richard. I mean, you were raised by a single mom in Aurora, uh, first in your family, I believe, to go to college. You uh, you mentioned the military service, uh, uh, worked in a couple of different states' attorneys' uh, office, uh, prosecutor, uh, uh, eventually wound up, of course, uh, what running for city council. You uh, ran a couple of races for mayor and lost, and you've run a couple and won. So, uh, you know, running for governor is a big, uh, a big leap. Uh, what you know, were all those things you mentioned? The reason you wanted to get into this in the first place? Well, well you know, I, the reality is we need help in the state of Illinois. You know, and, and J.B. Pritzker is, is running the state into the ground. You know, I've been very successful in the second largest state in the state, uh, Aurora, Illinois. And using those same, those same formulas, those same abilities to get things done, I'd like to use as governor, you know, making sure that we improve our safety. That's one of the things we did to, you know, to make Aurora a better city. Improve our educational circumstance. One of the things we did to make Aurora a better city. Do economic development. We've done more economic development in the city of Aurora in the first four years of my time as mayor than all other mayors have done collectively in 40 years before me. You know, and and we, we, that's exactly what we need for the state of Illinois. We need to improve safety because crime is out of control. We need to improve education because we're almost last, third to last in, in providing uh, equitable education throughout the state of Illinois. And then uh, provide economic development so we can put jobs and an economic boost in areas throughout Illinois that need it most. And right now we've got businesses leaving by the droves. Caterpillar just announced that it's leaving Illinois. We had Boeing just last week or the week before that announced the city of Illinois. And that's the story that we constantly hear as we travel throughout the state, that people are sick and tired of the high taxes. People are sick and tired of the crime. People are sick and tired of the corruption that prevents us from moving forward. And, you know, and, and we need to change. We need to take our state back. We need to rise up, and we need to get rid of J.D. Pritzker uh, come November. Mm -hmm. Richard Irvin is with us. He's a candidate for governor with us for a few minutes. We appreciate his time being with us here on WDWS, uh, 1400 AM and 93.9 FM uh, in Champaign. Traditionally, I know as you studied this, uh, Republicans, when they win, I mean, it's hard to win Cook County. That's heavily Democratic. Uh, Central and Southern Illinois uh, tends to be more conservative uh, politically. Uh, not everywhere, but uh, is it in the suburbs you feel like uh, the votes are for a Republican running against a guy like J.B. Pritzker? Well, the reality is, so the only way to a Republican to win the state of Illinois is you've got to get Republicans behind you, you've got to get independents behind you, and you've got to get Democratic crossover. Um, so that's in the suburbs. That's in central and southern Illinois for the Republicans, the red areas. And, yes, in Cook County, you've got to get Democratic crossover. I'm the only candidate with the record. Now, I'll put my record up against anybody on the Republican side as well as J.B. Prisker. My success is Trump, J.B. Prisker's failures every single time. And because of my record, that's exactly why J.B. Pritzker is spending an unprecedented and historic amount of money, $35 million. This Democrat, J.B. Pritzker, is spending meddling in the Republican primary to take me down. All the negative ads on television, the character assassinations, and, you know, questioning my uh, integrity, which has never been in question before, before J.B. Pritzker did it. He's doing that because he knows I will beat him in the general. And what he's doing, he's taking me down, he's trying to put a lesser candidate up, Darren Bailey, who he believes won't be able to get that crossover, who he knows he'll be able to beat. So clearly, 
a vote for Darren Bailey is a vote to reelect J.B. Pritzker. J.B. Pritzker's forecasting who he's, who he's scared of. He's forecasting it. That's why he's spending $35 million in the Republican primary to take me out, because he knows I'll be able to get that Republican vote, that independent vote, as well as the Democratic crossover vote in Chicago to actually prevail and beat him and actually put the state back on the right track. Yeah, that has been an interesting ad um, that the Democratic Governors Association's running because uh, it's um, it's like got a two pronged effect, I guess. Right? I mean, it, it's you're basically saying that I don't want to run against Richard Irvin, right? I, I, that's what it sounds like to me. That's, that's the way I take it. That's exactly. I mean, as I told you, he's forecasting. He's exactly saying that. He's saying I don't want to get, run against Richard Irvin. Let's all Republicans. You should all vote for Darren Bailey. He's saying that because he knows he can beat that guy, and he knows he can't beat me. So he's spending – and let me say this. This is unprecedented in the history of the United States of America. Never in our country's history have Democrats spent this much money meddling in a Republican primary to stop one person. And as you turn on the television, you see all the commercials. You know, you, you, they're only about me, and they're coming out of the, the, uh, his camp, J.B. Prisker, and they're coming out of the Democratic Governors Association. So he's telling you, he's telling you who he's fit, who he's scared of. So I'm, I'm hoping Republicans, you know, I, I think Republicans are smart enough throughout the state to recognize that J.B. Pritzker is trying to choose. He's tricking the Republicans and trying to vote for his pick on the Republican Party, which is really a vote for him. He's trying to trick us into reelecting him. We got to be smarter than that. Hmm. Let me ask you, Richard, about uh, your experiences. We had riots uh, in Champaign. Uh, down here. I know you battled that in Aurora. Uh, kind of walk me through what that experience was, how you tried to handle that uh, as the first ever black mayor of Aurora, as you watched what happened, uh, uh, the rise of Black Lives Matter. I know in your ads you've talked about All Lives Matter. Kind of connect all those dots for me what you, in, in regards to the riots yeah. and what happened there. That was one of the worst days in, in Aurora's history that started out early in the, uh, in the early afternoon where we had uh, over a 1,000 people uh, show up and congregate in front of our rural police department and start to protest. Now, at that time, it was a peaceful protest, and I attempted the best I could to calm the crowd and, and tell them I understood some of the issues, and we, we would work together to address those issues because I myself grew up in low-income housing in the projects with a single teenage mother that raised my brother and I. She had me when she was 16, my brother when she was 17. She had to drop out of high school to take care of us. And as, as you pointed out, I'm the first one in my family to graduate high school and go on to college after serving in the military. Uh, but that day I saw, I saw this, this unruly mob, you know, turn into something that I had never seen before, you know, in my, in my life. You know, and I'd heard stories about some of the marches and stuff in the 70s and what would go on in California and New York, but it never happened in, in, uh, in, in my neighborhood. And then I, I saw has this mob turned into, you know, a, a terrible mob that destroyed, that tried to destroy our downtown. $3 million worth of, worth of damage, burning police cars, throwing rocks and bricks at police officers. They burnt down whole stores, and it, it was terrible. And, uh, but my police officers, I have 300 on my force sit out there strong against 1,300 riders shutting them down. And I recognized immediately that this, that they needed my support. I was there the whole time, you know, watching, you know, uh, watching on the screen as, you know, and, and watching, you know, in our downtown as we saw, as we saw it happen in front of our eyes. And I picked up the phone and said, we got to call in the National Guard for support. And the very next day, because those riders, as you know, in Chicago, 
You know, that those riots went on for weeks. Our riots went on for a day. We called the National Guard. They showed up. We locked down expressways. We checked IDs for people coming into Aurora, making sure that they belong there. We shut it down. And when they tried to come back the very next day and riot some more like they did in Chicago day after day, you know, we, arrest, we arrested the lawbreakers. We made sure we shut things down. And we held people responsible for the damage that they caused, you know, in our riots in our downtown. The reality is this. I think we all agree. You know, black people's lives matter. But all lives matter. Black, white, Latino, Indian, Asian, we all matter. We are the United States of America. We've got to start acting united. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things that uh, I know that, uh, and this happens, I, I actually, uh, my wife was involved in an event with her, Richard, where I met J.B. Pritzker, and he's very personable, and I got my picture with him, all right? But I don't agree much with what he's done uh, in the state of Illinois, and I know as a mayor, I'm sure you've introduced the governor or said nice things about him or whatever, but um, I don't know if we reached a point <laughs> in this country where you can't really even say anything nice about your political opponents or People say, well, you must be this or that. I mean, I, to me, that's too bad. You know, but. That, is, that is too bad. And, and the reality is, you know, that, that, that's politics have, have, uh, have turned into these days. We can no longer, you know, listen, listen we are Americans in the United States of America. We're not always all going to agree, you know, and there's folks that are on the left, folks on the right, but we have to recognize we're still countrymen, you know, and we're still all, whether we agree with how we all do it, we all want the best for our country. At least that's the hope for our elected politicians. Listen, as the mayor of the second largest city in the state of Illinois, I take pictures with a lot of people all the time, every day. There's pictures out there with me with, with, with people that I absolutely don't agree with. But guess what? They're residents of Aurora. They're residents of Illinois. They're citizens of the United States of America. We've got to respect each other. And once we start respecting each other, I think you know, we can start communicating and getting things done. You know, We'll never agree on many things. But at least we recognize that we're all trying to do the same thing, and that's to live in a better, a better community, you know, make lives and futures for our children and our children's children, and, and just be happy, you know, as living in the greatest country in the world. But, you know, it, it's determined, it's come to now where if you take a picture with somebody at any point in your career, that they'll use it for you and say that, that you know, you agree with that person just because you took a picture with them. And I, I think that's I think that's wrong. Yeah. You know, J.B. Parker has come to the city of Aurora a number of times. Matter of fact, to participate in the successes that we've had in Aurora and ask us how the heck we were doing it, given the fact that you know every other place in, in Illinois was struggling. You know, and, and my mom my mom always taught me. You know, you got to you got to respect people and be nice to people. I was just being nice. That didn't mm-hmm. mean I agree with him. Mm-hmm. That just means you know I was respecting him and his position as governor. And I would, I would expect that anybody, whether Democrat or Republican, do the same thing when I'm governor. But that doesn't mean I necessarily agree. Yeah. Yeah. Have you known him a long time or just being in political life no. that you've been in at all? No. Man, that, that guy is a billionaire. We do not hang out <laughs> the same person. <laughs> well, I know what you mean. I grew up, I grew up, I grew up in the I grew up in the hood, man. I didn't yeah. know that guy till he. I, I didn't know that guy till he became governor. <laughs> I know what you mean. I didn't know him early, but I, you know, so it was it was interesting. Well, uh, it's going to be. Uh, have you learned a lot during this campaign? I mean, it's. Um, I mean, good, you know, good, a, good or bad. Yeah. 
I, I learned a whole lot, good and bad. I, I've learned that, you know, as I travel throughout the state, that, you know, no matter if you live in Chicago or the suburbs, no matter if you live in central Illinois or southern Illinois, we're all Illinoisans. We are one state. And we've got to start recognizing that. Even though we have different issues, we got farmers, we got you know, manufacturers, we got, you know, the corp- corporations, in, you know, in Chicago and uh, in, the, in the large cities, Peoria, Aurora, Rockford, you know, we are all in this together, and we all want the same things of better Illinois. And the only way that's going to happen is if we do what we need to do to remove this guy that could care less about, he's a billionaire that could care less about the residents and citizens of, of, of Illinois, and get somebody in there that's actually going to work on behalf of the people. And that is uh, the Irvin-born team. That's Richard Irvin. Uh, and and we're going we're gonna to make it happen. We're going to cross that finish line first come June 28th, and uh, we're going to take J.B. Pritchcroft. Hey, Richard, I really appreciate the time. I know you have to run. Uh, thank you for being with us here in, uh, in Champaign-Urbana, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you, kind sir. Good talking to you. All right, good to have talk to you. Day. Thank you. Richard Irvin, running for governor. There you go. And that was uh, basically the allotted time uh, we had. You know, we, we talked about when he could be on, and he said, hey, we got a few minutes off the top. And uh, so there you go, Richard Irvin running for governor of uh, Illinois. His story, he's got a great story when you when you delve in a little bit, all that he's done. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Right now, a lot of the polls show Darren Bailey ahead. Uh, it depends on which poll you look at. Um, some have had him up by, I don't know, 10 or 15 points. Uh, one poll I know had Irvin up four, but I think the majority of the polls uh, have had Bailey ahead. And, um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Of course, Jesse Sullivan's in there too. We've had Jesse on and uh, along the way, and uh, got some really, uh, you know, when, when you when you get past the commercials and the politics and the caricatures, I say, and a lot of times when you when you talk with someone uh, and learn about them a little bit, it's pretty interesting. Everybody's got a story, and uh, if you can weed through a lot of the stuff around what is said about other people and. You know, if we uh, if we can get Darren Bailey on, we'll have him on too, and he can talk about his background and so forth. I've met Darren too; met him at an event here uh, last year uh, that he was involved in. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, and can uh, can the Republicans win this year? I don't know. We'll see. Well, I think the odds are probably overall with J.B. Pritzker, but there's a lot of resentment built up from what happened, uh, what the governor did during COVID. A lot of resentment about uh, you know taxes and et cetera and all the things that he's uh, uh, been involved with that some people don't like. A lot of people don't, but uh, Democrats do well in Cook County. And as a Republican, you've got to win the suburbs, and you've got to win a lot of votes downstate. And the Republican primary has been a tough one, there's no doubt. All right, 922 at DWS. We'll get a break in here. We'll come back with more in a moment. All right, we're back on a uh, penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us. News Talk 1400 DWS and 93.9 FM. You may have heard uh, Grant Thompson on a little earlier this morning with Dave and CW. Proud to announce that we've got a new five-year extension of our broadcast contract for Illinois Athletics for another five years. So we're excited about that here on DWS and our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, where the games are carried. So we're 
Very happy about that. Five more years and uh, appreciate our working relationship with Learfield, uh, the company that uh, has the rights, and of course the University of Illinois and Josh Whitman and the entire team over there. So we look forward to more uh, games being on the radio here all these years that uh, we've been on the air. It's uh, The games have been on here. Now, for a few years, they were on not only here, but several other places back before the rights uh, holders were consolidated. But uh, pretty continuous and a great tradition, and we're glad to continue that for uh, five more years. So I know a lot of people asked about that on occasion. Baser Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Protect Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Join Thurp Facer and Facer Law Office at the I.O. Tenland Conference Center today at 1.30. And reserve your space by calling Facer Law Office at 217-337-1111. 217-337-1111. So make sure you uh, check that out. Also, Gallo Metter Paint and Collision Repair. They truly care about your vehicle. And they want to make the um, repair process as smooth as possible. And it's not easy, let me tell you, uh, to go through that. It's a pain in the neck, frankly. Let's be honest. You have an accident, you got a dent, and what? I got to take my car in, or I may not get my car back because it's totaled. But if it is uh, repairable, then it's going to be expensive, and I got to deal with the insurance. And why did that person have to hit me, or what was I thinking? On and on it goes. Gallo Miller, paint and collision repair. Dave Miller, Bill Gallo, hands-on. They've been doing this a long time, over a couple of decades. So uh, stop by and see them. Get a free estimate on the uh, south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. By the way, watching that ramp, or at least the um, beams, support beams, I guess. Is that what you call them? Going up uh, on that interchange, that's starting to be interesting. I'm sure somebody's taking a time-lapse uh, photography um, photo every day, I'd assume, of that construction. Because <laughs> I go by it every day. I guess I could do that, of what it is. But it is coming along. We'll see. 927 at DWS. Let me take a break. Back with more here. News headlines coming up at the bottom of the hour. And uh, we've got some open line time here up until 10. And then uh, Jesse Rising will join us. We'll uh, talk with him. He's running for Congress, 13th District, less than two weeks out from uh, the primary. But you can vote now if you'd like. Some people are. Early voting. 928, back in a moment. Nine thirty on a uh, penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us here on this uh, Wednesday. We had Richard Irvin off the top. If you uh, missed any of that, tuned in a little late, you can uh, get the podcast on that, WDWS.com. Chad Ebert is the owner of Precision Painting. They uh, specialize in interior painting, experts in repairing drywall. Have you got some old wallpaper that's been up since Jimmy Carter was president? Might want to get rid of that and removal of dated popcorn ceilings. Precision Painting experts in making walls look brand new again. And if you're worried about, well, I need you got to move the furniture and i got to do all that to get... No, you don't. They do that for you. Okay, and they'll put everything back, and they'll give you a sample size, full-size sample sheets, as many colors as you'd like, winter rates, uh, summer rates, kitchen cabinets. They paint those. Precision painting is efficient. Quality calls for precision. Contact Chad Everett at Precision Painting, or you can text him if you have some questions about uh, what it might cost or what you're looking at. In regards to that, 217-637-6288. 
Or if you'd like to learn more, sometimes people don't want to call, they want to look first. You can go to whyprecision, whyprecision.com. All right, keeping an eye on the national news, the uh, Fed looks like they're going to raise interest rates. How much is the question? And more on all of that and other news headlines from uh, CBS brought to you this hour by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Here's CBS. All right, back on a penny for your thoughts here this morning. Glad you're with us. We'll see what the Fed does later today, keeping an eye on that as we hit the middle of June. Had Flag Day yesterday. We'll have the cast, some of the cast members of CUTC coming up. The Sister Act, Champaign-Urbana Theater Company, they're at Parkland at the Minor Theater, coming up the next couple of weekends. So we'll have them right near the end of the show. We've got some open line time here for a few minutes. Glad you're with us on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, let's see what else has been happening. We mentioned the uh, extension of the uh, contract, the partnership with memorabilia, the uh, estate sale of our good friend Jim Turpin, his wife Louise. Their estate sales coming up uh, this uh, Thursday and Friday, and uh, Coach Weber donating some items. We'll talk to Coach Weber about that tomorrow for a few minutes. And uh, we'll talk about some of the items he's going to have in there. So it'll be good to catch up with uh, with Coach. All right, let's go to Kathy. How you doing, Kathy? Hi, fine. How are you? I'm good. I've got just a couple of really quick positive things. Okay. Um, I really appreciate when you put music into your program periodically. It's just it's just a nice uplifting thing to do. Well, thank sometimes you. You'll, sometimes you'll play a part of a song, and it's like mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I I I really really enjoy that. And I'm probably a few years older than you, but I actually I love Teresa Meacham's column every mm-hmm. Wednesday in the News Gazette. She has got some insight for these young moms that we all wish we would have had when we had young kids. <laughs> yeah, she, she's she's, she just, she, she's a very good writer, isn't she? She is amazing. I just I mean, it's one of the first things I read in the Wednesday News Gazette every week. <laughs> Well, we're glad you like it, and she's uh, she's very bright, and we had her and Trent on together. Trent Meacham's her husband. Yeah. And um, they're just a great young couple, and they got uh, kids, three great little boys. and uh, I can't uh, imagine three little boys. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They've got their hands full. Oh, my. But um, anyhow, that's two positives for today. Well, thank you, Kathy. I appreciate right. that. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Very good. Bye-bye. 938 at DWS. Yeah, Teresa's columns uh, run every Wednesday, as uh, she mentioned. And uh, just kind of everyday life with uh, the bros, as uh, Trent calls them, the brothers there. <laughs> what was it they were Oh, I, they, they had a video they put up uh, the other day. I think it was on Facebook. This was a couple weeks ago. And um, they were with some family members, and they were playing basketball. And the three little Meacham boys, instead of guarding each person individually, you know, like man-to-man, they would all three run to the same person who had the ball. <laughs> and it was like, okay, they got to learn how to play defense. You can't all go to the same guy or person. So uh, that was funny. Anyway, yeah, enjoy the, enjoy those columns. Uh, let's go to Bob. How you doing, Bob? Morning. 
I am going to bring up different situations as far as abortion goes. Yes. Okay, I'm going to tell you a quick story years and years ago. Uh, this goes back when Stan Weaver and his partner Tom had a funeral home. Okay. And I was I was on a some kind of request where a baby died because it was dropped. People were standing on a brick patio, and this was earthing in the letter. And I can't remember. I don't think it was Tom, but somebody brought in pictures. And the quote was, this baby's head was bones that all around, up and down. There wasn't a spot that wasn't cracked. I mean, it was really bad. I hope I never faced anything like that again. I'm going to never volunteer for an inquest thing like that again. But the remark was, said it looked like they are passing passing the baby around playing catch because he's, they said it was dropped once and the doctor's notes in there said it was dropped more than once. It was that bad. Now I'm going to go to abortion. If a child is aborted say two weeks right before is born which a baby is fully developed mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry uh, that's in God's hands and I think to me that's wrong and talk about getting by with murder I, I still say that's murder and how many babies out to the United States I'm saying this because they're saying talking about gun violence and how many people are killed each day and I hope somebody listening can get a hold of Fox News and have them dig up how many babies are born and thrown in dumpsters you've heard of this but they don't want to talk about it because it's, it's so gross let's bring out the truth after the united states and countries how many babies are killed every day even after the born uh, somehow being smothered with a pill or or something like that they don't want to talk about that because that's too gross the no, whole because the woman's insane well still murder and that means they, they seem like they dodge when it comes to little ones that parents or, or friends or somebody had something to do with. That never gets to the news because that's a no-no. And I'm, I'm sorry, even if, if the baby's put down after it's born, to me, that's still murder. Mm-hmm. Hey. And you never you never heard anything being done about it. Mm-hmm. So I just leave that comment open to the people, and I hope there's somebody out there can get hold of Fox News and trace down how many babies are killed every day. Is the difference between the count on that and how many people are killed by guns? Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Bob. We appreciate right. it. Thank you. Nine forty-two at uh, DWS. Yeah, a lot of the a uh, lot of the legal cases have had to do with uh, was the Mississippi law, and I forget the number of weeks. Um, you know, there's just there's always it's kind of settled into okay. When does life begin? If you believe it begins at conception, um, you know how far along in that process should you allow uh, an abortion to occur? That's what some of the states are wrestling with. What the different courts are wrestling with. 
Um, and if uh, it turns out the Supreme Court should be making their ruling here in the next couple weeks, you would think, official, <laughs> what we thought was leaked, uh, what was leaked, uh, was that was the final opinion or just uh, the draft of what they're talking about. Uh, we're going to find out, I guess, in that regard. But it'll throw it back to the states, and some states already have provisions in place to say, no, that's, it doesn't matter what the Supreme Court ruled, you can have an abortion here. Uh, and then other states have limits, uh, Oklahoma and a couple others, uh, where you know it's very, very strict, and it's going to be a kind of a patchwork, I think, of of laws. Uh, Sharon is with us. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. Morning. I think you said yesterday you were going to the beef house. Yes, we went to the beef house. Do they still have their salad bar? Yes. They do have. Yep, but it's just, uh, but it's just, uh, they already prepare it for you. Or did you just grab the oh, bowl? They? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you, right. you you can get a salad, but it's just already in a bowl for you. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Actual salad bar for you to go around. Right. Yeah, they don't have that. But. Okay. Well, I was going over there tomorrow with a group, and I, I was wondering. So mm-hmm. I thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it, Sharon. Yep, bye bye. Yeah, they uh, that was kind of kept over, I guess, from the um, from the COVID days. But basically, uh, you go over there and you um, there's a bowl of salad. It's already pre prepared. You can add whatever dressing you want. In my case, I don't put any dressing on it, but that's me. Nine forty four at DWS. A quick break. Back with more here in a moment. Nine forty-seven. You see, the Cardinals almost had a uh, no-hitter yesterday. Did you see the end of that? Uh, Mikolas had a uh, in the second game of a doubleheader with Pittsburgh had a no-hitter, two outs, two strikes in the ninth, and the guy for Pittsburgh hit a ball over Bader's head and it went to the wall and bounced over the wall for a ground rule double. I think he threw one hundred and twenty pitches, which they used to do all the time. You get much over a hundred these days, people start panicking. <laughs> oh no, we got to get him out. But uh, he was up to about 120, had a no-hitter, and uh, lost it. One strike away. That was too bad. Uh, 9.48 at News Talk 1400 DWS. Busey, UC Bank, here in the month of June. This is Internet Safety Month. Of course, the events of 2020 dramatically changed the economic landscape of millions of consumers. Created uh, new online. Didn't we do everything online, pretty much? Buying behaviors and habits. And the criminals out there were ready. And uh, in its recognition of Internet Safety Month, they say to keep your computers and mobile devices up to date. Make sure you set strong passwords. I know it's easy. I want to get one I remember and do it for all of them. Don't do that. Set strong passwords. I know it's hard to remember. Watch out for phishing scams. Keep personal information personal. Secure your Internet connection. Shop safely and read the site's privacy policies. With constant changes in technology, best way to protect yourself is to be proactive. And Busey, here in the month of June, promoting Internet Safety Month. Go to Money Matters at uh, Busey.com to stay informed. Uh, let's see here. Over the weekend, a texter says Nancy Pelosi went to a drag show and said this is what America is all about. I think this says a lot of where the top leader's thoughts are with all that is going on. I did see a photo of her at an event like that. I didn't delve any further as to what that was about, but I did see that. Uh, Texer says, good morning, Brian. I see Caterpillar headquarters moving to Texas. Yes, near Dallas. 
yes, this is a small amount of employees, but having their headquarters in Texas allows them a business-friendly environment and the huge cost of doing business savings. Funny how all these businesses are moving to states where Democrats aren't in control. What is that saying about the definition of insanity? All right, on the uh, text line, now uh, Governor Pritzker has a couple of ads out showing, hey, we've got uh, a couple of businesses that have moved to Illinois, and they've told their story, but um, certainly you could counter that with some, but uh, Cat's a big one. I mean, Caterpillar, your headquarters, leaving Illinois to go to Texas, that, that smarts, that hurts. There's no doubt about that. Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Jim Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office at the iHotel and Conference Center today at 1.30. Reserve, reserve your space. Call the Facer Law Office, 217-337-1111. So make sure you uh, give them a call and uh, get that lined up and ready to go. And I'm sure it'll be nice and cool inside the uh, iHotel Center there. All right, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-3515-357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Jesse Rising running for Congress. Long time. Family members have been in uh, Decatur for a long time, generations. And uh, he actually played football linebacker at Yale. I don't think I knew that or had forgotten that. But anyway, he's running for Congress in that 13th district. We'll talk to him for a few minutes, do a little open line, and then the cast of uh, CUTC after that with Sister Act. Tomorrow, Dr. Larry Jekyll will join us and Bruce Weber for a few minutes about the items he's donating to the uh, Jim and Louise Turpin estate sale, which comes up here in the next uh, couple of days. Kale is with us. How you doing, Kale? Hey, good, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, just a quick question for you here. So we know that uh, Brad doesn't like talking about his starters in early June, but uh, with all the new transfers and all the incoming freshmen, what do you think the starting lineup's going to look like? Are they going to push Coleman down to the five and start uh, Shannon Jr., or just kind of what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I would say um, uh, Hawkins, I think, will be in there, I would assume. Um. I would say the the two transfers, the Texas Tech and then the uh, Baylor transfer, I would think they would be in the starting lineup just based on their experience. Matt Myers seems like, you know, with Baylor, that he can run the positionless offense and defense. Is is that what we're going to expect with Kofi going? I think so. Yeah, I think think it's going to look more like like Houston, you know, when we played them in the tournament. Um positionless is a good way to describe it. I think that's what it's going to look like. I mean, it's almost going to have to be because that's about what everybody is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see what uh, your uh, you think Sky Clark is, is going to play immediately. I mean, he's got so much talent on this roster that it's going to be kind of hard, you know, to, to play freshman. But, I mean, with not having a true point guard, you're kind of going to have to play Clark, right? I would think so. Yeah, so that would have to be another one. And Rodgers looked pretty good in that uh, the games down in Mexico. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the plethora of talent, Big Ten championship or bust, right? <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's the way to be, uh, to be optimistic. I mean, I, uh, I think they're going to be contenders for sure. I mean, you never know what the other teams are up to. But, uh, I mean, just based on, on what's coming in and those transfers and 
Um, you know, and it was a gr- it was a great thing. Don't get me wrong to have Kofi around. I mean, he was fabulous, but it will free him up to do a few more things. I think offensively that they couldn't yeah. do. So, what do you think of uh, Grandison going to Duke? Yeah, it surprised me a little bit. Um, just to be you know to go to Duke, that Duke would have a spot for him, but. He's a great young man. He's very cerebral. He's uh, very smart, and uh, he's a really good shooter. So I suppose you know he can contribute. I don't see why not. Yeah. And last question for you here: Do you think Kofi's going to get drafted? You know, the guys like Shaq and Patrick Ewing days in the NBA seem to be pretty much gone. But what did he have? Like eight percent body fat for somebody that's you know mm. seven over foot and two ninety. Oh, he's. What, Gonna get drafted? Yeah, I I don't think so. If it is, it'd be I my I'm totally guessing. There are guys that know a lot more about this than I do, but second or late second round, maybe if he gets drafted, yeah, I would think sure. uh, somebody might you know ever know some team might be willing to you know give him a shot uh, just because of his athletic ability and his you know his size and his skill set. But but no, the game has like, changed. Be able to shoot outside 15 feet. Yeah, today. Yeah, you're right. Oh, just watch the NBA Finals. I mean, that's what that's, that's what everybody's doing. I mean, <laughs> 35, 38 feet threes, just knocking them down. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, all right, Brian, I appreciate it. Hey, Thank you. Thanks, Kale. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I, we'll see. I hope Kofi can Kofi can get drafted. And uh, you know, he's he's what a great young guy. Man, is he a delight to be around. He is just so much fun. Always smiling, always having fun. He got hammered every night, just pounded, and he was always smiling. So I hope that somebody will, if they, whoever gets the gets him, will be very happy with him. I know. All right, back in a moment here on Penny for your thoughts. It's Seventy-three. It's got to be warmer than that already, I think. Ninety-eight is where we're headed. Did it get to a hundred yesterday? I know it got pretty close. It was ninety-nine in my car, and that's about as unofficial as it gets. But uh, that was about what it was <laughs> yesterday in the heat. Doctor Larry Jekyll will join us tomorrow. We'll talk about uh, mental illness. There's a lot of these uh, discussions now in Congress. This um, gun legislation having to do with red flag laws. What are those? And we'll talk to Larry about that and other issues and uh, mental illness and uh, these uh, shooting, mass shootings. Where does that come into play? Appreciate Richard Irvin being on with us for a few minutes off the top today. We've got Jesse Rising running for Congress. He'll be with us for a little bit in the next hour. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart. On News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. 
or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts here as we go along on uh, this Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? Yeah, middle of June. And uh, headed for a high of 98 here in uh, Champaign-Urbana. So glad you're with us. However, wherever you might be listening, whether it's live on the radio, streaming, both uh, locally or nationally or around the world, we've got all of that. And we appreciate you being there with us uh, here each and every day, 9 to 11. I uh, got a text here. We had the last text had to do with Caterpillar. This one a little more uh, sports-oriented. It says, good morning, Brian. I've seen a picture of the new turf at Memorial Stadium. It looks fantastic. Go Illini. Yeah, I think Brett Bielema did a little um, video with the new turf and explained some of what the the items are on that new turf. So, yeah, it does look, uh, look very nice. All right, uh, we've talked to uh, different uh, candidates along the way, and uh, Jesse Rising uh, joins us here this morning. He's running in the uh, 13th Congressional District, which is a, uh, let's just say it's been drawn in a way that is unique, uh, all the way from Champaign-Urbana all the way down to near East St. Louis. And Jesse is here with us. Uh, your family, by the way, and uh, Decatur. Your that, family came to Decatur like on horseback or something. Did I, yeah, did I read that right? <laughs> that, that's right, yeah. And thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So um, we have a you know very proud family tradition in Decatur, which is right in the heart of our very badly gerrymandered district. Uh, my great, great, great uncle uh, and his brothers uh, arrived in 1839 and in the following years uh, from Alabama, on horseback, uh, and there were only 300 residents of Decatur at the time. So, uh, been been there ever since. Uh, I'm a proud graduate of of Decatur Eisenhower High School, mm-hmm. and you know our district and and uh, Decatur, which is at the heart of the district, have really made me into the man that I am. Which is why it's so important to me to serve the people of our community. Mm-hmm. Now, you played football there at Decatur, I, and you were a teammate of Brett Miller. I, right? I did, yeah. We were yeah. talking about that a moment ago. You know, uh, Britt was two years older than me. He was our, our option quarterback. So uh, he was the guy everybody looked up to, the the hometown hero football star. And uh, I was a solid football player, but he was great. Uh, and so <laughs> we all looked up to him. Uh, he re- he came to University of Illinois on a full mm-hmm. scholarship and uh, was a star linebacker here and then ultimately played in the NFL as well. So, uh, yeah, proud uh, proud uh, Eisenhower football grad and uh, friend of uh, Britt Miller, who's also yeah. uh, kind of an Illini legend. That's right. Well, what's interesting is he was an option quarterback in high school, played linebacker in college, exactly. and played fullback in the NFL. And that's the kind of athlete he was. He was, you know, 250 pounds but ran like a 4.6-second yeah. 40-yard dash or yeah. something. You know, Now, you played of... football, too. You went to Yale, right? Played linebacker at Yale? Yeah, you know, I I couldn't get Illinois to give me a scholarship, so I had to you know had to settle for for Yale. But um, you know, I was really um, privileged to be able to get recruited from from Eisenhower High School uh, to play football at Yale University. I mean, so many of my friends and classmates struggled to even graduate from high school, let alone go to college or or an Ivy League school. So. Uh, as you could imagine, arriving there was a massive culture shock uh, coming out of uh, coming out of uh, Decatur. But um, you know, after I overcame that culture shock, I really realized that if a guy like me could end up at a school like this, then America really is the land of opportunity, and that's really been what's driven me to uh, to want to serve in the most meaningful ways that I can ever since. Yeah. Now, you, uh, from what I read, you were injured in your last game. You were you wanted to get in the Marines, right? Is that what you were hoping to do? That's right. So you know, I again, I felt so grateful for that opportunity, and uh, you know, really 
you know, going to school out there kind of opened my eyes to everything this country has to offer and the fact that this really is the greatest country on the face of the earth. Uh, so I began Marine Corps Officer Candidate School because that was going to be my way to repay my debts to my, to my country and to give back. And uh, the Marine Corps became a critical part of my identity and my sense of purpose. Um, and uh, unfortunately, in my final quarter of my final game of my final season. Against Harvard. Against Harvard, the Yale yeah. Harvard football game, nine minutes. I only had to stay healthy for nine more minutes, uh, tackled Harvard's running back and severed two nerves in my neck. And uh, and that led left me partially paralyzed and uh, mm. have uh, been able to make a great recovery. But when the next when the nerves are severed, there's no such thing as a full uh, recovery. Mm. So uh, unfortunately, I was not able to uh, continue with my uh, Marine Corps career, which you know really led to me having to find other ways to serve and rebuild my mm-hmm. sense of identity and purpose in another a number of other ways. Jesse Rising is with us. He's running for Congress in the uh, 13th congressional district, and eventually um, worked uh, in law, what legal profession for a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So after after I lost the Marine Corps, I said there's going to be three things that I'm going to do to replace my Marine Corps service. Number one, I was going to go to Afghanistan as as a Marine, most likely. So I wanted to go to Afghanistan as a civilian, which I which I did. Uh, I also wanted to serve those serving in the military in my place. Uh, the GI Bill is a great resource for veterans, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like giving somebody a car without teaching them how to drive. Mm-hmm. So uh, my co-founders and I started an organization called the Warrior Scholar Project, which hosts academic boot camps now at 21 campuses across the country to help returning veterans use their GI Bill and transition from the military to college. That's, we've grown that into a, a successful national organization. And then, uh, and then third and finally, I took the oath to support and defend the, the Constitution as a federal criminal prosecutor and was able to serve that way as well. So you decide to uh, run for Congress after they, all that. That's right. Uh, you know, I, I did, those, did those three things and uh, still felt the void from uh, you know, my loss of the Marine Corps and wanting to be a part of something uh, bigger than myself and uh, contribute to our great country in the most meaningful ways that I could. And then I saw that the Mike Madigan machine had gerrymandered our congressional district. It, for those who haven't looked at it yet, it's kind of like a uh, a crooked finger or a a, a worm or maybe I call it an icicle. icicle. It almost looks like an icicle, doesn't it? <laughs> like a jagged icicle. There's there's a a, a lot of a lot of uh, metaphors that uh, can be yeah. drawn to uh, try to describe the the district. But uh, what the Madigan machine has done is tried to draw as many Democrats as possible into the same district to try to get one downstate uh, Democrat elected to United States Congress uh, here in Illinois. And uh, just, you know, given my uh, my roots in the community and seeing, you know, my family having seen um, what's happened with uh, Decatur, for example, and so many other towns throughout the Midwest and Illinois over the past 40 to 50 years and the types of policies that have uh, really been failing communities like ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that the Democrats have the best solution uh, for the people of our our district, so uh, you know, J.B. Pritzker, of course, said he was going to veto any partisan partisan drawn maps, but he he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm running to, uh, you know, we've got a host of problems in this country, everything from inflation uh, to gas prices to surging crime rates to our our schools and just the general the weakness and the incompetence that President Biden is projecting, both abroad and here domestically, it's making people feel uh, less secure in their communities and less hopeful about their futures. I've always said, uh, Jesse Rising with us here for a few more minutes, I've always said that um, you can argue philosophically about cutting taxes or you know, different things at a high level. When everything's going well, you can argue about those things, immigration and others. 
But when gas prices are through the roof, when crime is where it is, and we've had our crime issues here that we're trying to get a handle on, I don't know about Decatur and others, I know I've experienced some too, uh, people almost throw the party label out, and I mean, in the sense that I'm just going to vote Democratic because I always have, and they actually look, you sense, at the other party, which is why a lot of people are predicting a big Republican November. Yeah, no, yeah. no question. And, you know, the one, uh, just one recent example of that is the recall of the liberal DA in San Francisco. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a very <laughs> a liberal population, and they're, uh, of course, now voting to, to recall um, the, one of the progressives who was in, installed mm-hmm. to... Uh, to purportedly uh, serve them and uh, protect their communities. And when those kitchen table issues aren't being addressed, like uh, those pocketbook issues with inflation and gas prices and crime, partisan label- labels uh, no longer matter. And that's what we're seeing. And, you know, and we just had the special election in Texas where a district that was supposed to be decisively uh, Democratic was now one decisively in the other direction uh i think the margin of victory was eight eight points on on that race so um you know i think uh things look uh very strong for for republicans in in the fall so if you're thinking if you can win the primary you'll have a shot just because of where everything is nationally even though you're in a district that has kind of been drawn for democrats yeah well there's you know there's the national um trends but there's also just uh you know candidate versus candidate you mm-hmm. know I have deep roots in this community uh, I've been going out and getting results and serving our country in a number of, of various ways as a as a federal criminal prosecutor and otherwise and uh, my democratic opponent Nikki Budzinski is someone who worked for Hillary Clinton planned parenthood JB Pritzker uh she was a a budget official in Joe Biden's office of management and budget so i think uh particularly when people are facing uh this these you know 40 year high inflation rates uh they're going to uh reject uh having a Biden budget bureaucrat whose policies uh led to this 40 year high inflation and mm-hmm. so both from a, a national perspective, but also just the general trends in our country and the issues the Democrats are having with addressing these kitchen table issues. But also, uh, I just think that I'm the stronger candidate who can uh, really bring solutions to these problems that uh, the people of our district are facing. Well, I know that um, Jesse Rising with us for a few more minutes, candidate for Congress, 13th District. The one, as I said, looks like an icicle or whatever you want to call it <laughs> from here down to, to East St. Louis. Um, you know, nationally, of course, Supreme Court were waiting on the uh, Roe versus Wade. The, the whatever was leaked, whether that was the early in the process or whatever, I know they're debating gun legislation, uh, some restrictions and so forth. Uh, whatever they can get done. Um, your thoughts on those? Are we headed in the right direction on those issues? Where Where do you stand on most of that? Uh, so first of all, I'm uh, proudly pro-life, mm-hmm. and uh, I would encourage the justices to do the right thing and stand by their initial votes uh, in this Dobbs case to overturn Roe v. Wade, because I do believe as a constitutional matter, Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. There is no constitutional right to abortion. So I am hopeful that uh, the justices will not succumb to the left's attempts to bully them into basing their uh, ultimate vote on public pressure rather than doing what they're supposed to do, which is vote based on the rule of law and the Constitution. Uh, so I think that uh, decision is probably imminent. And what that decision will do is uh, return the question of how to regulate abortion to the people through their democratically elected legislatures. Mm-hmm. And I'm a congressman who will uh, proudly advocate for uh, pro-life policies. And uh, here in the state of Illinois, we have some of the most aggressively 
liberal um, abortion policies, not just in the country, but really in the world, where abortions are available at the very late stages of a pregnancy uh, for, for any reason and, and provided at taxpayer expense. So uh, these are some of the things that I'm going to be uh, focusing on uh, pushing back against. And, uh, and then also with um, you know the gun violence that we're seeing in this country, as a former federal prosecutor, I'm going to stand by law enforcement and stand against this harmful and destructive defund the police rhetoric. Uh, mm-hmm. Here in, in Champaign County, there's uh, such a, um, uh, a problem with recruitment and retention of police officers because of this uh, defund the police rhetoric that's villainizing and demoralizing uh, those who are currently police officers, but those who are thinking about maybe becoming police officers as mm-hmm. well. And you may be aware that the Champaign Police Department is now offering a $20,000 signing bonus uh, for new police officers and still can't fill their ranks. So they've now resorted to uh, private security as well. So I'm, gonna, I'm someone who's going to stand mm-hmm. by our, uh, our brave men and women in law enforcement. Have you seen uh, in the other communities in the district, Decatur and on down, is Springfield in the district? It or is. It is? Okay. Um, I assumed it was. Have you seen similar issues with police trying to get recruiting police officers in those uh, communities too? A- a- absolutely. This is uh, across all agencies, uh, police departments, uh, sheriff's offices, uh, Illinois State Police. Uh, it's really uh, no one is spared. And, you know, I was talking to uh, someone in the Alton uh, Police Department down in the Metro East, and they're used to choosing among 50 to 200 applicants, and now they're choosing between six and eight. Uh, so this is uh, so a problem that um, really uh, uh, pervades throughout our our communities, and you know, and we we've seen the corresponding increase in crime rates as well, not just nationally, but across our communities right here in the 13th district. Uh, ever since the rise of the defund. The police movement in 2019 we've had a corresponding increase in violent crime rates being a congressman potentially from this area obviously uh, farming agriculture now your family you have a relative with a farm here in champaign well, county I, or, or did have or I, yeah so um, my yeah. uncle has uh owned various uh pieces of farmland other mm-hmm. uh members of my family have uh, owned uh farmland throughout the mm-hmm. the generations and uh, my great-grandfather was actually a, a tenant farmer okay. himself so uh uh, although I haven't uh, actually uh, been a farmer myself, mm-hmm. have uh, yeah. uh, a, a long yeah. uh, family tradition here in central Illinois. And uh, my father actually worked at ADM as well uh, in um, the IT department, working his nine to five in the agribusiness yeah. uh, industry. So uh, I have a deep appreciation for uh, the importance of our agricultural community and the importance of our farmers to our nation's um health and, and prosperity and even our, our national security yeah because when you go to washington that'll be will be an area that you know people around here will be interested in yeah you know, what's my congressman doing you know, yeah in that regard with, with agriculture yeah i yeah, know absolutely and uh you know looking at the uh you know committee on agriculture is something that i would uh consider uh being a part of because uh it is important we have to have a robust you know crop insurance program for example to ensure that our farmers have the financial security to uh, put food on their own tables mm-hmm. in addition to ours. And uh, we also need to look at ethanol and how we can allow our farmers to take advantage of uh, of, of that uh, sector of our economy as well. Hmm. Well, you said you were a first-timer at this. What, uh, first what, time what, what's it been like? What have you... Was it different than you thought it would be? Or, um, or have you learned a few things? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's uh it's an it's important work and I think that's what you always have to remember and 
Um, you know, my uh, dedication to serving our community and to our country uh, runs very, very deep. And uh, that really drives me. And uh, through the ups and downs, that has to be what what carries you. You know, it has to be uh, about more than just yourself. You know, I'm just a vessel for the ideas uh, that mm -hmm. I'm trying to promote on the campaign trail. And if you remind yourself of that, uh, then I think it gives you the, the, the appropriate level of humility to uh, to go out and uh, and and advocate for what you believe in your heart is right. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, it's always interesting when uh, people like yourself uh, get into this because it's uh, it's a tough business. It's a it's a um, and I think uh, most of the people that get into this have the idea that I want to serve as you if you talked about serve your community, uh, and then you get out to Washington and it's hard because you're one of 435 and uh, trying to get stuff done. Um, can be difficult, I know, you know. Yeah, you know, but we have severe problems plaguing our country right, right now, and, and if we don't immediately change the course that we're on, then we're not going to recognize it in just a few years. You know, everything from the out-of-control inflation, the high gas prices, and the surging crime rates, the crisis at our southern border, our education system is really mm -hmm. failing the next generation of Americans. Uh, we have a lot uh, to correct in this country, and that's what I'm going to get uh, done when I get to Congress. Yeah, speaking of education, before we let you go, there was a um, report, I, and we're going to talk about this. Jim Dye did an article here locally, one of our columnists, on um, the level of third-grade reading level in a lot of our schools downstate. Frankly, it wasn't very good. I, 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 yeah. I did read that report. So my public school system, uh, Decatur Public Schools, the uh, third-grade uh, the the percentage of third graders uh, reading at grade level was nine percent, and the percentage of uh, sixth graders performing uh, math at a level that meets or exceeds grade level standards was four percent. Uh, so we've and this was these uh, metrics were taken before the pandemic, and things have only gotten worse since mm -hmm. the pandemic. I was actually just back speaking at my high school, and they lost about 200 of their 1,100 students uh, over the course of the pandemic because the parents who had the resources to move them to different schools did so. Mm. And so now the ones who remain are horribly far behind. And uh, so it's never been more important than it is right now to ensure that our children are focusing on core subjects like math, science, reading, and writing, rather than having any sort of divisive social agendas permeating our classrooms. Mm. Jesse Rising has been our guest. Uh, people can find you at the website. Yes, check us out at jesserising.com. So that's J-E-S-S-E-R-E-I-S-I-N-G.com. Okay. Hey, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, thanks so and, much. And uh, say hi to Britt Miller if you're running yeah, into him somewhere we'll do, along absolutely. the way. <laughs> absolutely. Good guy. All right. There you go, Jesse Rising, running for Congress, 13th Congressional District. So uh, check it out if you'd like to uh, learn more about him. Back in a moment. Ten thirty-two. Here on a penny for your thoughts. It might be a hot day to be on a roof. Well, the folks at Roofs by Roger, I'm sure they're working. Uh, Roofs by Roger. Roger Oakletree is the man in charge there. If you need some roof work done, if you've had some storm damage recently or whatever, uh, no down payment. By the way, you pay only when the work's completed to satisfaction. You can get financing through Roofs by Roger there. So, uh, depending on the overall cost of the roof. Uh, Roger says most people play between 100 and 200 a month for their roof with financing. So I know that's a big expense 
if you look at the big numbers, I mean, roofs, I mean, that's an important part of your house. Let's just say that. And uh, you look at it and go, man, I can't afford that. Well, there's some financing available, so you can do that. Enhanced warranties. GAF certified master elite installer able to offer extended warranties. You can go to their website if you'd like to learn more. Roofs by Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R dot com or on Facebook. Roofing, gutters, gutter guard, windows and siding. Roofs by Roger can do all of that. Aaron is there. He works there. Janelle works there. They can uh, engage with the clients and uh, get to know you a little bit, find out what your needs are, and then get on the job. They work with the insurance companies on handling the estimates so you don't have to. Handling claims, I'm sorry. They do give you free estimates, residential and commercial. They do all that. 217-834-3800. 217-834-3800 for Roofs by Roger. Here on a penny for your thoughts, glad you're with us. We had Richard Irvin off the top. Kind of a politics day here as we work our way closer to the primary. Our news at the top of the hour was brought to you by Luther Falls Custom Kitchens, Granite and Quartz. Prices starting at just $35 per square foot installed. They're at 2706 North Mattis Avenue, Champaign. Visit online at lutherfalls.com. Our news at the half hour here brought to you by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Your ag headquarters, helping you get the job done right with farm supplies and equipment, fencing, feed, and more. Wisconsin-based and family-owned since 1955. What's the Fed going to do? Well, we'll see. Here's CBS. All right. Back on a penny for your thoughts here, 1037 217 356 397. Text line is 217 351 And you can email us talk at wdws.com. An emailer, Kevin, says interesting question for listeners. Do you prefer a 100 degree day or a zero degree day? My family poll is about 75% in favor of the 100 degree day. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. You can always cool off. It's uh, zero degrees. That's um, <laughs> that's not much fun. You got to wrap up and get many layers as you can on. And I'm not sure what this text is meaning here. The boss sign starts off saying, "Attention, employee. Work is not meant to be fun. This is your job. Do not dedicate work time to discuss it of non-work topics. Do not facilitate friendship during work hours. Exchange phone numbers and/or hang out after work is complete." Reach me at if a coworker is having non-work discussion on company time. Work is not your daycare. Did that make sense? I don't know. I don't know what they're referring to there. All right. <laughs> don't know. Anyway, Sister Act is a 1992 American comedy film. Came out. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Came out in uh, what was it? 1992. Grossed 231 million worldwide. There was also, I guess, Sister Act 2, and uh, has to do with uh, Dolores performing and then gets caught up what, in, a, in a mob uh, situation and has to hang out or hide out in a convent. Whoopi Goldberg, a lounge singer, forced to join a convent after being placed in a witness protection program. And uh, CUTC, the Champaign-Urbana Theater Company, is going to be uh, performing this based on that movie. I guess, from what I understand, at the uh, Parkland uh, Theater, the Minor Theater. We'll talk to a couple of performers about that. 
He'll be performing this weekend and next weekend. We'll tell you how you can get tickets and all of that from the Champaign-Urbana Theater Company. So anyway, we'll uh, do that here on A Penny for Your Thoughts next. Stay tuned. All right, that's uh, from Sister Act from 1992. There was a Sister Act 2, I believe, right? But this is Sister Act 1. All right. We've got some uh, guests with us uh, here today, and we'll talk about uh, this uh, multi-award uh, winning. It grossed $231 million worldwide and won several Tony Awards, I believe. We just had the Tony Awards here the other night. And the Champaign-Urbana Theater Company is performing this at the Parkland College Gene and Harold Minor Theater Coming up June 16 through the 19, and June 23rd through the 26th. So today is what the 15th. So that's tomorrow. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, good to have you guys with us. Let me introduce who's who here. First of all, Alex Curry. Yep. Dolores Van Cartier. Yes. <laughs> which is Whoopi Goldberg's character. Yes. Right. How are you? I'm okay. Good. How, are you? How old are you? And where are you? Are you in school or? Oh yes, yeah. I'm 16. I'm going to be an incoming uh, senior. So yeah. At. Central High School. Champaign Central High School. Champaign Central High School. That's all right. And we've got uh, Arwen Wright. Hello. How are you? Doing good. Mother Superior. Yes, sir. Yeah. And where do you go to school? Uh, I'm 18, and I'll be a freshman at Parkland this fall. Freshman at Parkland. So you'll be in the theater where you're going to school. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, okay. If I can can figure out the time working it around soccer. (laughs) (laughs) So you do play soccer? I do play soccer. I'm playing for the team in the fall. Okay. Where did you go to high school again? I was homeschooled. Homeschooled. Okay. Very good. Well, you're ready to go then. Yes. So uh, how much did you, I mean, this is a movie that came from a long time ago for you guys. Yep. Uh, how did you uh, How did you get involved in this, Alex? What What well, interested you about it, I guess? Well, uh, so back um, a couple months, couple months ago, my friend uh, Kelly Hong, uh, we were in Mamma Mia. And so shortly after Mamma Mia had finished, she was like, okay, well, uh, CUTC is doing Sister Act, and they need people because there's not a lot of people that were auditioning and I was like well I don't know and I was like I'm pretty busy it's the end of the school year and she was like Alex you got to do it so I was like okay and then I went ahead and auditioned and then I got the part um and I was like okay and I it occurred to me that I hadn't seen like the movie Sister Act in a long time so I Mm -hmm. took the time to go watch that um shortly after my audition and I was like okay I think I can do this (laughs) so yeah yeah. Oh so a lot of lines, a lot of singing, a lot of lines. Both. both. A lot, a lot of a both. A lot of both. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And for people that don't know, and one of you can, uh, the story itself, uh, because what uh, the character was basically in a witness protection program, right? And then right. The, um, she was in a she's in a relationship with uh, this man who this club owner named Curtis. Um, he's sort of a gangster, and so. One day, you know, as she's like walking in the alley, she sees him kill somebody and she that she's the witness to this murder. So therefore, she goes to the police station and she just tells everybody like, oh, my gosh, I just saw a murder. And so um, the police officer, Eddie Souther, he's like, "Okay, Mm -hmm. well, we got to hide you. And so what better place to hide a person and not be inconspicuous? It's a convent so she um he puts her in a convent and she's just like why am i here because she's a very larger than life character very much disco diva Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. so 
when she gets here, she's like, it's like opposites very much. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's meeting people and she's like, I never lived like that. And um, these people are like, how do you live like that? And I'm like, (laughs) okay. So, but along the way, we tend to see each other's sides and she's meeting people from her past and she's um, meeting new people that Mm -hmm. help her realize that life is more than just being by herself and being on the big stage and just having her name in the lights. So, yeah. Yep. Melissa Goldman is the director, by the way, uh, yes. directing this. And um, your character, Arwen, is Mother Superior. Yes. Tell me about her, her role in all this. So she is the head nun at the convent. Mm-hmm. And so she is. Resp- she has a lot of responsibilities there with helping lead the other nuns and try to help keep the convent going. And so she's under, during Sister Act, she's under a lot of pressure to to figure out solutions with the Monsignor to keep the convent going because the convent is struggling at this point. They're mm-hmm. not getting a lot of people coming to the church and they don't have very many sisters. And so things aren't looking very great for the convent at this point. Mm-hmm. So she's under a lot of pressure to try to get that figured out and to, and she wants to keep the sisters and keep everyone safe and together because they're a family. And so when Dolores comes in for the Mother Superior, that kind of throws everything off. And so she's she's kind of trying to to stay afloat and to to keep all her ducks in a row and Dolores is just coming through and knocking all those ducks aside mm-hmm. yeah and so so she struggles a lot with Dolores's Dolores coming in and just having so much energy and being that larger mm. than life disco diva right. <laughs> and so yeah. so so yeah they come to at towards the end of the show they come to a point where they they're able to connect and meet meet in the middle and so mm-hmm. they have a really nice yeah. ending story with it because yep. they had i guess they if i remember they had a choir but they, it was singing have, like chamber music it was singing they really, have a choir yeah, yeah and then, at, and then. <laughs> at first but they're they're not very good yeah. And they're singing like like the older Latin songs that would mm. be sung in church in the Catholic churches at that time. Yeah. And so then Dolores comes in and starts making changes to that mm-hmm. and yeah. uh sneaking in some more yeah. modern well, music. Modern music, modern music and yeah. then it, and then the relationships all grow out of that yes. Yes. as a result, which yes. is really the the heart of the movie. Yes. Right. The um, relationships are definitely one of the big thing there. Yeah. Yep. Now this movie was thirty years ago. Did you wow. go back? Did you go back and watch the movie yeah. at all? Did that help you? Yeah, it, it helped me it? to a certain extent. Um, I was just because I didn't remember anything from the movie. I was like, Alex, if you're gonna go ahead and be Dolores on stage, you got to see Dolores in the movies <laughs> first. So um, watching will be be who she was, and you know, hanging in the club and. Uh, uh, communicating with the nuns, it was easy to kind of like, okay, well, this is how I should act when I'm uh, mm-hmm. around my co-stars that are nuns, and then around Curtis and around Eddie. Um, so yeah, hmm. I think that's well. Uh, Cut sees uh, production of Sister X, their fifteenth annual Kathy Murphy student production. Uh, Kathy Murphy passed away in two thousand nine. Was a unifying life force throughout the company's history. Sister Act to be performed starting tomorrow, uh, June sixteenth through the nineteenth, June twenty third through the twenty sixth. Thursday through Saturday at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 2 uh, at the Gene and Harold Minor Theater. Prices range from 12 to 17 and discounts available for children, seniors, and students. And there is a website to go to. You've got to, who's got this memorized? 
If you don't have it, I may have it. Come on over here. We got our handler here. Our, All right. our lovely stage manager. Stage manager is right. here. You can find tickets at cutc.ludus.com. All right, and that's Delaney, right? Yes, sir. Okay, you're the Delaney stage manager. Got to have the stage manager. manager. Yeah. Everything would fall apart without her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so cutheaterco.org. The, is where you can go and, uh, and the prices range from 12 to 17 yeah. based on age so yeah. Yeah. you always wanted to be in acting is this kind of a passion or so yeah uh or? our fam our family's been involved in acting for mm -hmm. for several years at this point this would be our our fifth uh i think our this is our fifth student production with mm -hmm. CUTC overall yeah. and so we've kind of been involved with CUTC my family's been involved mm -hmm. with CUTC for about seven years now with stuff and we've done acting with Urbana pa Park District and gone out to Homer and done some stuff out there mm. and stuff so yeah. it was it was really fun to for me to be able to mm -hmm. get to come back and do one last show with the the youth program before going on to college so yeah, yeah it was it's been a really fun experience. Yeah. It's been a really great cast and a extremely, extremely good um, production staff. Everyone's been very supportive and kind mm. and encouraging, and that's always extremely important yeah. when you're in these types of stressful situations. Sure. Yeah. And Alex, you want to keep doing this? Is it something you're interested in? I believe so. Yeah. I started acting, I think, when I was a little bit younger, and I was an extra in a show called The Christmas Pageant. And, you know, I was too young to really, like, think, oh, okay, well, I would like to go into this. But um, when middle school rolled around, I just mm -hmm. kind of got into some middle school productions. And I was like, okay, well, I, I kind of like this. And it, it's really fun being on the stage and just being mm -hmm. able to not be yourself for a little bit um, mm -hmm. and acting as someone else. So I, I think when I'm in college, I probably won't make this my career. But if I have the time, just go ahead and just go mm -hmm. to do some community shows or whatever. But yeah, I could see myself doing this yeah. later on. Yep. Well, thank you for coming in and doing this. Thank you. It looks like Thanks a cast of us. about uh, 20, and it yep. looks like middle school and high schoolers uh, that will be uh, participating in the Champaign-Urbana Theater Company. And, again, the, the show starts uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday through Saturday at 7 p.m., Sundays at 2 at the uh, Gene and Harold Minor Theater at Parkland College. So uh, check it out. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Thank you. You guys thank did you. great. Thank you. Helps you perform <laughs> under pressure, right? Yeah. Getting on the stage, yeah. yeah. All right. Nice ten improv. That's yeah. right. 10.52, back in a moment. You know, what's scary to think about is 1992 was 30 years ago. I mean, think about that. Wow. All right, uh, 1056, and I know those of you that are older than me are like, yeah, that's that's how it goes, Brian. <laughs> 30 years ago. All right, Champaign-Urbana Theater, that's when Sister Act uh, came out the first time. I guess, I read here, there's a Sister Act 3 to be released on Disney+. Plus. But if you want to check that out, always fun to hear from the uh, young people and uh, what they're thinking about, what their careers are, and what they're looking to pursue, and... So there was uh, a lot of songs in there, and hopefully you can check it out at uh, the Minor Theater there over there at Parkland. All right, MX Electric, uh, our man Max is in charge there. 217-359-7293 with this increased heat. Maybe you need a generator on hand. Huh? How about that? Maybe if something happens where it overheats, 
your electricity or you blow some fuses or just the power goes out, whatever the case may be, uh, maybe you need a generator. He can help with that. Maybe you need a TV installed. You're going to stay indoors out of the heat. you got this TV that you'd like to mount on the wall, but it's sitting there on the shelf instead, unopened, and you're afraid to put it up. He can help with that. Uh, he can do big things. He can do little things. He can do commercial work. He can do private work uh, as far as in your home. So uh, give him a call, 217-359-7293, MX Electric, one of our great sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. And Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar today at one thirty at the iHotel uh, regarding your protecting your family from the uh, cost of long-term care. Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office, 217 217- Three three seven eleven eleven two one seven three three seven eleven eleven. If you'd like to uh, go to that today at one thirty, we'll be nice and cool inside for that. All right, about up uh, out of time for today. By the way, uh, the uh, sister act was nominated for five Tony Awards, including best musical. Just wanted to uh, correct that. I think I mentioned they had won five. They were nominated for five, so you can uh, check that out this weekend. And uh, tomorrow, what are we doing tomorrow? Oh, yeah, Dr. Larry Jekyll is with us in the uh, 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk about mental illness and uh, some of the drug uh, issues are facing. Fentanyl has been uh, really a big story. I know he'll talk about that. Red flag laws, etc. cetera. Uh, we'll do all that with uh, well-known psychiatrist here locally, Dr. Larry Jekyll. So we'll talk to him. Bruce Weber will join us for a few minutes. He's... Donating some items to the uh, Jim and Louise Turpin estate sale, which is going on uh, Thursday and Friday. So we'll talk to uh, him about that, catch up with Coach a little bit. And then Busey Money Talk at 1030. And then I've got a couple of special guests uh, I'll tell you more about on uh, tomorrow, on Friday, as we approach Juneteenth. But there is a great story about uh, a young lady who was adopted by a family in West Virginia. Um person my wife and I happen to be familiar with, lived in Muhammad, just around the corner from us, and uh, her sister is a princess, and uh, it's a great, great story, and turned out to be a princess, uh, did not know that when they adopted her, and uh, it's a great, great story, so we'll uh, do that on Friday, Laura Vitalik and Princess Sarah Culberson, the 30th Annual Bounce Trumpet Awards for this uh, Sunday night on June 19th, honoring black excellence and achievement. Great, great story. We'll tell you that uh, from both of their sides coming up on uh, Friday. And then my dad in the 10 o'clock hour, Friday, as we head for Father's Day. Thanks for being with us. Busy day. Glad you were with us for the ride. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Stay cool out there.